Hi guys, it's Faith from RadicalTransformationProject.com. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of my mental health podcast. Today I have some really special footage from you guys from a live question and answer session I did in my Facebook group the other day. It was with a very good friend of mine. Her name is Michelle. She is a social worker. She is an amazing, badass lady. She has spent her whole career helping people with their mental health, and she is incredibly insightful. And so I was so excited to have her on the podcast. She spent a long time sitting down with me and answering questions that some of the ladies had from the Facebook group, and I thought the information that she shared was really valuable. So I wanted to go ahead and upload it into the podcast for you guys so you'll have it to listen to later or if you're driving, just so you don't have to sit in front of the computer to watch it. Okay, so I hope you guys really like this, and I will talk to you guys at the end of the episode. We're doing it. We're live. Okay, so I wanted to have Michelle on here. She was gracious enough to come on the live video, even though it's her day off. She is a social worker. She has a really intense social work background. You want to tell them what your background is? So my background is really um, working with adults who have serious and persistent um, mental health diagnoses. Um, They were living in group homes um, and attending partial care program. Um, So there I was a counselor. I worked with about 14 adults, pretty you know, uh, one-on-one or in groups. We did uh, psychotherapy groups. And then after that, I went and I got my master's. During my master's, I worked with children who, um, children and caregivers who had a cancer diagnosis. So I really worked with the caregivers, um, which was really difficult to help them process what was happening, how to deal with it, how to deal with work and everything who were otherwise otherwise healthy children prior to that diagnosis. Then after that, I was a mental health screener. So I went out into the community to determine if um, people needed to be admitted into the hospital because of an increase in their psychiatric symptoms. And then I came to Florida. (laughs) It's been a while. Long ride for you. (laughs) And now I'm working with children who are placed in foster care. Um, therapeutic foster homes and I help them to process their trauma and that's kind of where I'm at now. So I've worked across the spectrum with adults and children um, now um, but she has an MSW so she's yeah what what do they call you like a certified social worker or you're like a I have my license in New Jersey but it didn't count coming down here to Florida. She just moved down here with my brother God bless her for (laughs) God bless you for dating my brother. (laughs) That's probably why you could be here. Let me just let me just talk shit about my brother on the live stream real quick. (laughs) That's probably why you can get along with my brother so well because you have all this but I ask you guys to ask her questions because she's super knowledgeable and she has obviously like an awesome background for mental health. So I thought we would just come on here and just kind of chat. So the first question someone asked, someone said, help with motivation to get on with tasks at hand. Do you have any tips for people that, there was someone else that asked about this too. Someone said, how to get motivated to do everyday things. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get everything done when you're struggling with mental health. I know I went through this a lot with being depressed. I always talk to people a lot about just like building momentum. Mm-hmm. I think when you're like stuck and you're depressed, it can be really hard to get started. But if you can just do like one little thing at a time, it kind of helps to like build that momentum. Mm-hmm. And once you get moving, it gets easier. Hi, whoever's watching this. I can't see who you are. <laughs> I'm used to doing this on my phone. So everything looks different. What do you think? For, um, for motiv- motivation is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Like the initial kind of just having that foot out of the bed sometimes and just pushing yourself to get up. Um, is really, really difficult. And I think just allowing yourself to be grateful for the things that you can do, like taking a shower or getting up and making yourself a meal, like really um, 
give yourself credit for those things. Those things are huge. And it's really hard when you're dealing with like an increase in your depressive symptoms to do literally anything. So once you get out of bed, try to just keep going. Going do one little thing at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you're really good with motivation. Bit. I've looked at a lot of <laughs> things um, on your blog and like website and everything. Motivation really is like surrounding yourself with people who are motivated really um i really like personal development so i listen to like tons of podcasts and ted mm-hmm. talks and stuff and that helps me mm-hmm. what i was gonna say is something that's really helped me is just accepting where i'm at so even though i've i'm pretty high functioning even when if when i was pretty depressed i could still be pretty high functioning when i have to be even though it's painful and hard and everything is more difficult but i've kind of just accepted when i'm having low functioning days so there's certain days where my functioning is higher than other days i'm going to get a ton done i'm going to get a blog post done. i'm going to get a podcast up i'm going to talk to my family i'm going to go out i'm going to do a ton of stuff i'm going to make healthy meals and then there's other days where my functioning is lower and i just have to accept like it's a low functioning day mm-hmm. like and my to-do list I've started making my to-do list different depending on where my mental health is. So if I'm having a high functioning day, my to-do list is a lot longer and more intense than on a low functioning day. On a low functioning day, it might be like read a book, lay in the hammock, pet the dog, go to the gym. And that's kind of it. So I'm just kind of like, and it's hard to accept that because I like to get a lot of stuff done. So it's hard for me to accept. Sometimes I'm not going to get as much stuff done, Mm -hmm. but what are you going to do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise it just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And also like if you're not feeling like what you were saying about like motivational, um, like watching a motivational video or watching something um, that can kind of inspire you to get up and move. It's great. Anything that you can do really, it's kind of just figure out what works for you on good days. Yeah. Um, and then just try to practice them on when you're having like those low functioning days. I think motivation is something that we, I think, Every single person on this planet, we get more and less. Literally everyone struggles with motivation. Even people that don't have depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. struggle with motivation. So if you're feeling unmotivated, like I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for people that are functioning with mental illness. It's like you're dealing with something that's hard. Like managing depression, anxiety is hard. So even people that don't aren't managing mental illness still struggle with motivation. That's why every year at the new Mm -hmm. year, people set all these goals and then don't do them because it's really hard to stay motivated just as people. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with you if you don't feel motivated and give yourself credit for like you are functioning like with Mm -hmm. a mental illness and managing all this other shit on top of it that a lot of people aren't. So and don't compare yourself to other people. That's something else I do too. The thief of joy. (laughs) (laughs) The thief of joy. I like that. (laughs) Oh, I liked this one too. So you said, how do you find balance between sharing your negative thoughts with loved ones and not making them sad? And then commented on this as well and said that she doesn't like to necessarily share about her mental health with loved ones because she feels like she's a burden um, and that she's bringing other people down and taking their moods down. Do you have any advice for people about, I don't know, like how to ask for help without feeling like a burden and so feeling guilty? just straight off the bat, just kind of that feeling of you being a burden, it's just it's a part of really some, some of your symptoms, just feeling that way, just generally. So try to, you know, tell yourself like, I'm, I'm not a burden. These people love me and they care about me. And if they, if they want to help me, like then they're going to be open to what you have to say to them. If you're constantly feeling low and you feel like you're draining um, your loved one, um, you can always ask them, Am I, is this something that yeah. is too much for, you know, like for you to deal with? But for the most part, they love you and you just need to 
let them in sometimes. And if you feel that you want to talk with somebody that maybe is a little bit more removed, you can always try and see um, groups like this are really fantastic um, support groups, therapy, like counselor, if, yeah. yeah, getting a therapist or a counselor or even just talking um, to somebody, maybe if you're involved in a church or anything like that, you can always reach out to people who aren't so close to you, but they do care about you. Your friends yeah. do love you. And that's how relationships work too. Like, right. There's times where you're supporting other people and there's times where you're being supported. Mm -hmm. And if you had a physical illness where you needed help and had to reach out, like people would understand that. So it's kind of the mm -hmm. same way. I think there's a lot of stigma around mental illness. People feel guilty about asking for help, but if you had a physical illness and you needed help, like, of course, your friends and family want to help you. And it's the same way with mental illness. Just be transparent. If you're lucky enough, to, I mean, there's people in this group I know that don't have a support system. So if you're lucky enough to have a support system, like, lean on them. Because mm -hmm. there's so many people that would be so thankful to have people to reach out to. Definitely. So, yeah. And it's not, I mean, that's just how relationships work, right? There's times where you're giving and there's times where you're taking. There's times where you're supporting people and there's times where you're being supported. And it's okay to lean on those, you know, to lean mm -hmm. into that and just be like, this is a time where I need support right now and I need to be supported. Yeah. Um, and be really clear about what they can do to help you, but also like taking responsibility and knowing that your journey and your healing and your feelings are all your responsibility at the end of the mm -hmm. day. So you can't like dump that on people. No, definitely. It's true. And yeah, like seeking like support from outside people who are going through similar, similar um, issues or I think that's really we're just we're connected to people we need people um nobody exists on an island so I think that just the act of reaching out for help or just talking with somebody even about just how you're feeling um and not necessarily going into you know like the situation if there is a situation but I would just say keep reaching out to those that love you if it gets too much definitely talk to somebody outside of that group and they can kind of help you to navigate specifically how to communicate with those people. Yeah, it's hard to have boundaries, I think, between what's like okay for friends to help you with and what you need professional help with. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that's always kind of tricky or something I've struggled with too in my relationships is like, I always want to make my friends my like therapist <laughs> and yeah, I've gotten better about I mean, it. Like I'm like, this is something like I need to talk to my therapist about, right? <laughs> There's things you can like kind of vent and like help your friends. But if you're really sorting through something and like need professional guidance, like your friends, I have a lot of friends that I love that give terrible advice too. So maybe you yeah, don't want to talk to them about everything. <laughs> and sometimes like what, I mean, like, even in my personal life, like, there's sometimes where I just want to talk with people and I don't want any advice. Um, so that's also mm -hmm. kind of important to put out there before you start talking to your loved one about um, anything that you're experiencing, just be like, listen, I don't want any advice. I, I just want, I just want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really important too. Cause like you said, we could get some pretty terrible advice and <laughs> yeah. then follow that terrible advice. And you know, like it just doesn't end up good. Yeah. Uh, she said constant anxiety, even after taking medication, even the anxiety hacks. So I am a huge, huge mindfulness person. I think that, that, um, being present is everything, especially for anxiety. Anxiety is really when you're looking two steps forward um, and you're not really experiencing now. Um, even if you are experiencing anxiety in the moment, you can really focus in on that anxiety and accept it. Um, that's kind of what's beautiful about mindfulness is you just accept what's happening in your body at that moment. If you constantly live in the present, 
there's no <laughs> anxiety. It's really, really difficult to practice. I would say doing things, especially if you can't clear your mind, physical activity is yeah. uh, meditative, doing repetitive things like, I mean, <laughs> like washing the dishes, like is something that you could use sometimes to calm your anxiety. And also it helps with getting some of those things off the to-do list. But I would say finding something that you can do that will keep you focused on the task that you're doing and trying to practice that as much as possible and accepting that you have this feeling inside you and it's not something that there's you know there's nothing wrong with that feeling it's a part of you and you can kind of just focus in on how your body's feeling um you can ground yourself but you don't necessarily need to be like a zen master you just have to find something that works for you and you can just keep doing it constantly until you get through that feeling that's, That's really kind good of... advice. I've done some, you guys know I've been trying to meditate and I like keep telling you I'm it's not really very good hard. at it. It's really but hard. I, keep, I keep doing like, what I've been doing is guided meditation and there's a bunch mm-hmm. of people on YouTube, there's a bunch of like grounding mm-hmm. guided meditations that are all about like being in the present moment that are really good mm-hmm. for anxiety. If you just go on YouTube and you Google like grounding anxiety meditation, there'll be like a whole bunch that come up and that helps me. I haven't had like anxiety, but I do get like stressed and I mm-hmm. do definitely worry about the future mm-hmm. all the time. So that's something I've been doing to try to like come back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I think with all of this stuff, it's it's like going to the gym. It's like your mind is like a muscle. You have to practice all these different mm-hmm. things. Like I've been practicing feeling more joy in my body. I'll do these like meditations where I'm just practicing feeling happy and like so I can generate that feeling in my body. But you can do that with mindfulness too, where you have to practice it, right? Mm-hmm. So I was telling someone, I was like, I'm not good at meditation. And they're like, that means you like need to be meditating more. (laughs) You don't go like, I'm bad at meditation, so I'm not going to do it, right? It's like, no, you like need, that just means you need to do it more often. And I was like, oh, that's so true though. Like, cause I've kind of used that as a cop out, I think, where I'm like, I'm not good at meditation. Well, that just means you need to practice it. It's really, really hard. (laughs) I found personally for just personally on my own life doing, like, I can't, like sit still if I keep getting thoughts in my head I have to move my body along with it so um even just like if you're going to the gym you can mindfulness is really just being aware of how your body is feeling on the inside so um if you're at the gym and you have a weight in your hand focusing on how heavy that weight is in your hand and how it feels coming up um so pretty much you can practice mindfulness in every aspect of life one of the things I really like is when you're eating, practicing mindfulness when you're eating and just focusing in on the taste that's coming into your mouth and chewing. How does that feel? Like you can literally break down everything. Not so much to where it gets so intense because sometimes it can be too intense if you're really, really mindful. Um, It it can go the other way, but just really trying to find your balance um, and being present and practicing daily. Like just during mealtimes, just practice, how does this taste? Um, that's a mindfulness activity. So you can meditate in everyday life um, versus yeah, trying to sit, really sit still. It's really, really hard when you're anxious. <laughs> how did you learn about that? Did you read a book or you had a therapist or um, I did a lot of mindfulness in school. I had a really fantastic supervisor who I worked with a lot. Um, you know, going through the program is ridiculously stressful you're constantly thinking 
two steps forward. Um, so mindfulness was something that I had to practice on a daily basis to, to grad be present. Grad school is stressful. Oh my it's God. like, yeah, it's intense. Think about grad school. <laughs> the next question is, she said, trying not to hate, blame myself for my mental illnesses. This is something I think a lot of people struggle mm -hmm. with. It's just like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I like this? Mm -hmm. But really at the end of the day, everyone has their own crosses to bear, right? Even if it's not mental mm -hmm. illness, if it's something else, like you never know what other people are struggling with. We all have our own shit we have to carry around and work through. Mm -hmm. um, and beating yourself up about it isn't going to, yeah. it is what it is kind of at the end of the day, right? Like I have to live with depression and anxiety. It's something I have to manage. And it's, I mean, hating myself over it isn't going to change it. No. It's just going to make it harder. <laughs> no, yeah. Just making your, your life I mean, harder. would you, you know, would you hate yourself for having a broken leg? Like, it's really, it's, it's not, this, fault, it's yeah. not, yeah, it's something, you know, like, would you hate yourself for having, I mean, may, maybe you would, but it's just, <laughs> it's just accepting, accepting yourself and loving yourself is, you have, you have to be your number one. I think positive affirmations, like some of the things I mean, sometimes I'll look at Faith's blog when I need a little inspiration and just be like, all right, I need to tell myself something good today. And the more good things you say to yourself, the more, the better you feel. One in four people have a mental illness. It's, it's so widespread. It's just the stigma is so huge. I wish there was none. I wish we could all yeah, talk about it openly. And I think people feel like with mental illness, it's like something you're doing or it's your fault. And no, it's not. It's, it's just... not something that we have to process and deal with and yeah it's just like you know just like any other illness it's like unfortunate like is it the best thing like, it's, no, yeah but... it's not fair but <laughs> yeah and it's really not fair I mean I totally I totally hear that it, it's not fair how you know mental illness impacts some people and not other people why it's easy for yeah. some people to get up every day and get what they need done um and it's a little harder for other people but just know that there are always people that don't don't feel that you're you know a burden they love you people especially like I said nobody exists on an island we need people so break that cycle of isolation and get out there and connect with people in some way those thoughts too I've been talking about it on the podcast but those negative thoughts where you start beating yourself up and you're like oh there's something wrong with me why am I mm -hmm. like this all those thoughts I call them like troll thoughts yeah <laughs> on the podcast are, they're terrible they're ugly little troll thoughts and they're part of your illness mm -hmm. they're not part of like who I believe like you are or, like part of your soul it's like part of your mental illness so you have to recognize like these thoughts like are evil little troll thoughts <laughs> that are part of my illness right mm -hmm. and kind of that kind of helps me at least like shut them out because I'm someone that's really I'm really hard on myself just in my life in everything mm -hmm. so when I'm struggling it's really easy for me to like beat myself up and I'm like oh my god like why are you having a bad day like you talk about mental health on the on the internet and you've been in therapy for freaking half of your life and you've done all this stuff and you're exercising eating why do you feel depressed like what's wrong with you and I have to remind myself like this is like my illness talking right mm -hmm. now this isn't like the truth right sometimes it's like good to question your thoughts that come in your head and say like is this true is this helping me because mm -hmm. as human beings we're cognitively aware which is so incredible we're aware of our thoughts so you get to decide like your thoughts and you can decide like this this isn't serving me this isn't helping me this mm -hmm. is an ugly little troll thought mm -hmm. and just be gone yes <laughs> slap yeah. it away no, smack him away <laughs> Definitely. And, and try to, you know, re reframe what your thought is. And like you said, just saying like this, 
this isn't true. Um, this is just a, a part of my mental illness and I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm worth, I'm worth a damn. I'm worth a, yeah. everything. You deserve healing. That's been my like big mantra this week. I've been writing it on everyone's <laughs> posts. I'm like, you deserve to heal because I think sometimes it's like, people don't feel that like they don't feel like they Mm -hmm. deserve to heal they just feel like they deserve to like beat themselves up and they just keep feeding the troll thoughts in their head and like Mm -hmm. not questioning them Uh oh i lost your questions hold on oh i don't have any advice for this maybe you do she said worried about trying to get pregnant and having to come off antidepressants i i mean that's a very real real anxiety for a lot of people i honestly think that connecting with a mental health professional would be really really great it's it's something that it's going to be very difficult and to prepare yourself ahead of time i think would be something good like get get on you know it's definitely yeah, possible. On that, People like, do yeah. it all the time. But I think what Michelle's saying, too, is so important. Like, gather your support system. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can do hard things as humans. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, you know, once you have your child, it's just going to make you a better mother and a more compassionate person. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to prepare you for more stuff that's going to happen to you in the future. But gather your support systems. Like, tell your friends and your family and your doctors and your therapists. Like, mm-hmm. get professionals. Get everyone around you and be like, I'm about to do this hard thing. I need support. Like, you know, and start working on it now. Definitely. And really, especially with being pregnant, like just in general, without even dealing with, with a mental health diagnosis is so hard because your body's going through all these hormones. It changes um, the chemistry of your brain, right? I always talk about all this whole, health stuff. Like I know. I'm it like, changes the whole chemistry of your right? whole body. Yeah. So it changes like all your hormone levels and like mm-hmm. the neuropathways in your brain. It changes like all your brain chemistry. So it's, it's I mean, being pregnant is obviously an intense experience anyway without yeah. your medication. So I mean, if it's something you want to do and you feel called to do it, like I always believe like the things that we want, we feel in our heart for a reason. Like that's just my personal spiritual belief. So if you're being called to be a mother and that's like what you're feeling called to do, it's for a reason. And the resources and the strength that you need will come to you. Like Mm -hmm. you'll be able to do it and get through it. And I mean, that longing wouldn't be in your heart if it wasn't for no reason. Like, yeah, I wish you all all the best to let us know how everything goes. Uh, We talked about this a little bit. She said, or you mentioned it. How do you stop fearing the fear of anxiety attacks? Like, so this person, it sounds like had an anxiety attack, like in a certain situation. And now she's like worried to be in that situation again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I worked with a lot of people through, um, um, panic disorder. Um, it, it's really, really tough, um, to, to separate, um, how you're feeling with what's going on. I think really surrounding yourself with supportive people is something that is helpful in kind of coaching you through certain situations, taking steps and giving yourself props for doing things that maybe would cause you anxiety. I think especially with, it's really just the fear of the, of the panic coming on. So scary to have a panic attack. It really is. It's terrifying. And I think that Um, If we can, I mean, through guidance, definitely by practicing things that that maybe elevate your heart rate. So maybe if you were to be able to do some cardio and to just experience that feeling and the more the more that feeling becomes normal to you, you could really use that to your advantage and say, you know, I'm used to this feeling. I can deal with it. I can get through it. And it just 
over time, you may be able to do certain things that you weren't able to do. And it's really just taking those small steps, really just being aware of your body and accepting how you're feeling in the present moment and giving yourself positive affirmations. You're going to make it. You can say things like you said, like, I deserve to heal. I deserve to feel good. I can do this. Um, And Also, sometimes having a good support system, if it's something that really makes you scared to kind of walk with you as you're doing the thing that's scaring you. It's really small steps to get through different things because we can train ourselves like what you're saying, like a mind's a muscle. We can untrain ourselves from situations that once scared us to say like, I made it. I made it through this time. Maybe I can try it again. Like you were saying to me earlier about um, fearing, having a fear of like elevators you know like something that you can literally step on the elevator step off the elevator like doing little things and working your way up to the thing that you once feared and getting through it yeah it's really easy to let that fear like shrink your life and it happens fast either it did for me anyway like Mm -hmm. I started like being scared of going on elevators and then the next thing you know like there were certain cars I couldn't get in and that's just like my -hmm. world was like getting smaller and I just really didn't want that to happen. So I just like really kind of went all in and I would just be like, if I have a panic attack or whatever, because Mm -hmm. the fear like makes it worse. And I know it's, I know it's like, I know I'm not like downplaying panic attacks. I know how terrible they are. But at a certain point I was like, I'd rather have the panic attacks and not let this shrink my life. Cause I could see how like, it's like, now I can't go in cars. Like, you know, now I'm, you know, am I not going to be able to fly on airplanes? Am I not going to be able to like, you know, I could just see my life shrinking and that scared me more than the panic attacks. And I was just like, if I have a panic attack, I have a panic attack, but I can't keep like living in this fear and letting like my life get smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And that's just like my own personal like journey. Your journey is obviously going to be different than mine. But yeah. that was, I had a therapist also that helped me with that, where he was just like, you got to just accept that like you might have a panic attack mm-hmm. and then focusing on like that you you're not going to die from a panic attack. I don't know why, but that really comforted me. He was just like, no one's ever died from a panic attack. You're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it's true. So I would, instead of focusing on the fear of like, what if I have a panic attack? What if this happens? What if I hyperventilate? Like, what if that happens? Like, what if, what if, what, all that stuff, I would focus on like, well, I've survived this before. I'm strong. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that if I have a panic attack, it's going to be okay. Even though, you know, it's uncomfortable and embarrassing and I hate it. It's like, you know, I focus on those things instead of focusing on like, the potential of anxiety I would focus on like I'm a strong person I have all the resources I need to get through this Mm -hmm. I want to live like a big bold life I don't want to let this keep shrinking my life and I would focus on that instead of focusing on the fear I guess of anxiety but it's a that's a tough it's a tough one but I did have a really good therapist at that time that specialized in anxiety if you're struggling with anxiety I would suggest that to you to try to find try to find a therapist that like specializes in helping people with panic attacks that like helps people. The person I went to, like his whole basically business is exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. So he was just like, I'm going to put you like, I'm yeah. going to put you in a closet, but he's like, I'm going to put you in all yeah. these uncomfortable situations, but he was there to help me through it. And he, that's what he did like literally all day, every day. That was his whole PhD and everything was on that he had studied. So he knew how to help me through it. And like within a year of working with him or something, it went away. So try to find someone maybe that, Yeah. And sometimes even just the act of doing something can pull you out of that fear. So yeah, um, you're like, I did it. Yeah. Like, so instead of, um, (laughs) so sometimes we can, we can outthink ourselves out of certain things. We could be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. That's just going to be too uncomfortable. Just 
try to quiet that thought and just do it and see what will happen <laughs> sometimes. Just take that plunge. I feel and... like we're going to give someone a panic attack. They're like, we listened to your live stream and then we went and did this live <laughs> Do it, yeah. Definitely. If, if... Part of getting over anxiety is having panic attacks sometimes. I mean, it sucks, but it's like, I mean, it, I don't know. You kind of have to get in this mindset of like, have to go through this uncomfortableness mm -hmm. to get through it you're gonna have to do things that are uncomfortable mm -hmm. like to get over anxiety i at least i did maybe it's different for you i don't know oh, i think that's all the questions this last one we already answered it said how to get motivated to do everyday things and thank you so much for doing this and michelle's no so nice to come on here because it's her day off and i was like let's <laughs> talk about mental health like even though that's what you do all day at work <laughs> it's thank you for having me yeah Okay, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Let me know if you like this episode, if you would like to see more guests, what podcast topics you would like me to talk about. Leave me some comments, leave a review on iTunes, follow me on Instagram. I'm doing a really intense fitness journey right now, and I'm documenting it all on Instagram. I would love to have you follow me on there. Check out the blog at www.radicaltransformationproject.com. Join the Facebook group. I have a mental health support Facebook group. I will link it in the show notes. It's full of other badass women on mental health journey. I would love to have you in there. And that's all I have for you guys. I will talk to you in the next podcast episode. Bye.